Hey there, this is Sam Pierovi, founder of Consortium. I want to take a second and thank you for clicking on a link to listen to a podcast you've probably never heard of. And since this is one of our first few episodes, I want to give you a little bit more information on why we're doing this and what the series is going to be about. So as you may or may not know, we are a startup, knee deep in startup mode, and our goal is to bring customization to the forefront of fashion and retail. We believe that customization serves all parties involved because customers get to design exactly what they want. The brands that are creating these products get distribution and retailers don't have to buy massive amounts of inventory. And altogether, this means a much more sustainable retail future for the customers, the brands and the retailers. And we'll get into all that in the series. So as we plod through these episodes, this series is going to be a healthy dose of a few things. We'll talk about customization, of course. We'll talk about the grind of creating a startup and working to bring a new concept you know, to fruition. We'll talk to some parties involved, whether it's the brands, whether it's the retailers and the challenges they've faced. And trust me, there have been some good and some really bad efforts in the last few years. And finally, we'll even bring in some people that are somewhat irrelevant to what we do, just because it's going to be fun. Because um, custom is fun and we like to have a lot of fun. If you've ever happened to pop into one of our stores, you'll notice that there's always drinks on hand because, hey, we're having fun. So thanks for being a part of our journey. We're excited to uh, grow with you guys. Um, and we're going to move on to the episode. Thank you. Nice. All right. So uh, today's episode is a special one, a little bit different than the past one. So last few episodes, we've talked about the consortium path, what we've done and the people we've come across as we've grown this business and where we're trying to bring customization to. Today is kind of the culmination of those early efforts. So we are sitting in Dallas right now with our first retail partner, uh, the store is called Ken's Man's Shop, but the proprietor is Corey Helfman, son of Ken Helfman. Uh, thanks for having us in your store. Thanks for being a partner. Uh, we're You're very welcome. excited. So um, we're going to get to know uh, Corey's store a little bit and why we did all this and a little bit ba- about the background. But uh, Corey, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about the history of the store. You know, you guys have kind of a star-studded background in Dallas. You're very well known. Um, I know the business is a very long-standing tradition. So just give me the background on how it happened uh, with your father and then you and uh, why you guys do this. Well, Sam, thank you for being here, by the way. Thank Uh, you. We're, myself and our team are excited about this new prospect because every month we're wanting to do something different and unique and continue to evolve our store. So my father, Ken Helfman, started the business in 1964, and the reason he started it was he was working at a place called Parisian Patents as the manager, and he built his own clientele, and they always told him, Ken, you have great taste. When you can uh, open your own shop, we'll come and shop with you. So he tried to do that in Dallas, but back then everyone had exclusives. And when I say everyone, small businesses all the way up to Nima Marcus, who mm-hmm. was run, at that time run by Stanley Marcus. Big powerhouse here in Dallas. Big powerhouse. So they, he wanted some European lines. He didn't want to go traditional. 
and he wanted Italian, and he also wanted high-end American lines. And they said, we can't sell you. So he found a place in the suburbs called in Garland, Texas, and we opened up a store there. And this was before they had the highways. So people would have to drive on Forest Lane to get out to us, which was about 15 miles, or at that speed limit, about 30 minutes. So we opened 64, we had that shop, and we hit it from day one. And four years later, we did a grand opening of a huge place, which was our 5,000 by-leveled square foot store. Wow. Oof. And that was from 1968 to 1993. And we were there. Just a short run. Uh, a short run of 29 <laughs> years. Uh, as my father liked to put it, longer than gun smoke. <laughs> and uh, Roger Stahlbeck came to us in 92 and said, with Henry S. Miller, who was a, a real estate uh, icon in Dallas, and they said, Ken, the demographics have changed in Garland. It's not the same town it used to be. Um, it's time to take your shop and move to Dallas. And so my dad, with his uh, family's blessing and with his own will, he said, okay, let's try it again. So we moved over here to Preston and Royal. And we have been in this location ever since, since 93. And just like day one in 1964, we hit the ground running. Um, we never knew it would be this good. As far as our clientele basically that used to live in Garland moved to this area. Amazing. Or our clientele that had been seeing us for all these years, we moved into their backyard. So it was just meant to be. And um, we love this location. Um, and we love what we're doing to it. Well, that's awesome. Um, you know, we didn't even do intros. <laughs> we didn't. Well, the, the reason we didn't do intros is it's our first day in Dallas getting launched. Uh, we broke out some uh, wine. We're having a good time. Cheers. Cheers. So, cheers. This has to become a regular thing. Yes, it should be. In a, at our store, it is. <clears throat> so, the reason we got to know uh, Corey and Ken's is myself and Natalie, who's head of retail and marketing, uh, we've been building a platform, and this, the backstory actually, I didn't know a lot of what you just said about not being able to launch and going and finding, you know, the store. Um, that actually ties in pretty intensely with kind of our backstory. Um, so our backstory is that, you know, I personally had launched a brand called Saintly Bags, custom leather weekenders. Uh, I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I was out there telling every retailer, hey, great custom leather weekender bags. You know, you don't have to do anything. Just put some displays in, take the order, we'll make them. And I realized every retailer said, we can't sell custom like that. And I was like, why can't you? It's no inventory. There's no capital risk. It's a better model. Why can't you guys do it? And we realized the logistics aren't set up. So fast forward about a year after hearing that a lot of other custom brands couldn't sell through Neyman Marcus, through Nordstrom's, through Barney, Sachs, Macy's, whoever it may be. We said, you know, this is crazy. There's 300 brands doing custom and nobody can sell it so why don't we go build the retail platform and that's when saintly bags turned into consortium the culmination of the last year's worth of work has been to identify the best retail partners and integrate with them and help them sell custom goods so that they can get all the benefits that's why we're here in dallas today so about two months ago was it natalie yes two months we came to dallas for my best friend's wedding and we had scoped out the market to find what we thought were the best uh, men's suit stores, uh, specialty stores. And, you know, when we saw you guys, we jumped on it really quickly. So 
um, we were not only ecstatic to obviously get a meeting with you, but to come in here and see uh, how warmly you welcomed us and how intrigued and interested you were in what we do. Uh, because retail, besides having the problems that it has, one of the larger problems is people are very afraid of change, which means they're stuck in the ways of old. And you were like, I'm ready to take things to the next level. We're like, yeah, this is our guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. well, like I said, told you earlier, um, two things in our business is growth. Number one, you always have to grow. You have to uh, expand your mind and be open to the ideas behind it. But you have to evolve. You have to evolve as a business. And as a person, you do. So why wouldn't you evolve as your business? Right. And that's what we've been doing these past years. And I think one thing that I've seen is, you know, it's a it's a common thread that the client is your everything, right? And um, you have a really nice balance of wanting to serve your your current client, possibly acquire a new client, but also just give them something new, right? And so it was that kind of spark that um, really spoke to us that feels like a nice partner because we're not out there just trying to acquire any kind of partners we're trying to work with someone who's really invested so for us that was kind of a big checkbox right yeah that was huge well when i was in that networking meeting this morning they you have a 30 second time to get up and say your name which you think 30 seconds is long (laughs) and then the bell goes off but one of the things i always say is that we have extreme customer service Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we're known for we have quality in our shop and we have long-term standing relationships that land that last longer than most marriages that's why we've been around 55 years and multiple generations we care about our clientele we go the extra mile we'll get in here early we'll stay late we'll Mm -hmm. go to their homes and offices you know it's a relationship and it needs to be because having someone in your closet has to be a trusted source absolutely true you know what's i guess to tie that in you know given your history and the the story of uh ken's man's shop how would you say that fashion has changed between the let's call it the ken era versus the Corey era you know my dad and i were actually talking about this the other day and it, it has completely changed because he didn't have to deal with the internet Um, He didn't have to deal with brands selling to your clients online or direct. Um, So that's completely different Mm -hmm. for us. Back then, he didn't have custom as much. So that's something that we really have brought on strong the past 10 years here. We've been building suits, but we've never really been going after the custom market. So now that we've hit custom markets and from formal wear to clothing, to sportswear, it just made sense for us to now launch what we're doing our next endeavor, which we're calling micro custom. So we're bringing olfactory in mm-hmm. and um, saintly. saintly bags, mm-hmm. hopefully, and a new watch line coming up. Marnero, <laughs> mm-hmm. all on sundry, hopefully. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, so all these wonderful things that it gives the, and that's another thing I said in the meeting, we give a Ken's experience. Mm-hmm. When you come in here, you want to have that same experience. When you go elsewhere, you can't find it, so you find yourself coming back um, to the same face. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about our store is it is the same face every time. 
Carolina's been with me 12 years. John's Amazing. been in the industry over 40. Mark's been in the industry over 30. I have a Taylor's been here 32 years. I mean, we have a long standing history mm -hmm. and we have deep professional ties. Yeah. So when did, you know, we're talking about the kind of the Ken era versus Corey era. If you had to pick like one thread that stayed through both eras and one thread that's completely changed, what would those? The one thread be? that stays the same is the way we take care of our people. Absolutely, right. that's the DNA of our store. Mm -hmm. um, we care about our clients. They're, they end up being our family. I think the major thing that has changed is clothing itself. Um, I'm not saying suits are dead because when I look back at our numbers, our suit sales last year were great. Amazing. Our suit sales and custom were over the over the top. Yeah. But when I talk to my corporations and give those meetings, they're not wearing the suits as often, so they're not as important. So what, when it used to just be, guy would come in, he would pick three suits, he'd pick five shirts, he'd pick six ties, mm -hmm. and he'd have a great outfit for the season. Now it's more about the sports clothing and how do you mix that sports clothing back into your business and back into right. your personal? And how do you blend that with denim or five pocket trousers? So. There's a blend more towards sportswear now that has the business influence. And I think that's more the Corey era right mm -hmm. now. So you guys, you guys have some, obviously you've been doing more and more customization um, and you're getting into the micro brands. What's, um, I mean, what do you think at Ken specifically is kind of the future of customization? You're getting into micro brands. Do you think it's going to, at some point be like 80% of your guys' business? Is it like the pure focus eventually? Um, no, I because if we go 100% or 80% or even 50% custom, then it becomes something bigger than ourselves and we get away from, I think, the DNA of the shop. I think we still need the customer that needs to come in and say, hey, you know, my dad just passed and I really need that suit off the rack right now. Yep. Mm -hmm. And if I was 100% custom, I couldn't do that for him. True. Um, we have gentlemen every day that come in and say, hey, I just need a couple pairs of socks. I need some briefs. I'm going to pick up some you know, cologne while I'm here and get some items. Or the wife that walks in, and like right before you guys walked in, the wife that says, my f husband's turning 50. You know, I got him a big gift, and now I want to create a package for him. So we were able to go around the shop. That makes it special. So I think that percentage needs to be actually a little lower, but it needs to be a very tight clean niche that makes sense for our clients but it's really done well done exceptionally well mm -hmm. yeah we, we we are always trying to suss out kind of when a retailer looks at custom where they think that fit is you know we get asked all the time do you guys think you're gonna walk into a department store and five years from now take over everything they do we're like no that's crazy five years from now it's gonna be five percent to ten percent of what they do um true and are the department stores going to still be here? That's the other thing. <laughs> we'll get into You're that at the end. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, that's the other thing. So, I mean, you know, you read Forbes magazine, you read U.S. World, you use, read any of them, New York Times. They all say the small business and the mom-and-pop stores have the upper hand for the first time. We may not have the ad budget, the marketing budget, but right. we can steer our ship in a quick new direction faster than they can. Well, today is very demonstrative of that. Yeah. So... You know, you talk about your um, your store DNA and kind of your brand DNA. I know that something that's very close to you is uh, being a part of this community and giving back. I, 
you know, I'd love to give you a chance to talk about the causes that are kind of close to your heart. You know, um, I'm hoping that my tears don't uh, hurt your radio. <laughs> 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 um, the don't mics are waterproof. <laughs> no, you know, I'm going to give you a backstory that I haven't told too many people. Um, my closest friend in life was my grandmother. Um, hands down, my grandmother was my everything. And I spent as much time as I could growing up with her and my grandfather um, up until three years ago when she passed at age 99. Wow. And, um, and my sons had the ex- exact same experience that I had. Um, we made a point of it. Um, and I, every day I have her wisdom in my ears. So when I was young, uh, about 10 years old, she was always a volunteer, and she volunteered at a place. It was a small little building, and she had me come in on a Saturday for a couple months, and I would lick stamps, and it was for a place called the Family Place when they were just growing. Well, that Family Place is, this is many, many, what, 40 years later, and the Family Place is now one of our big, one of our biggest benefactors now, um, and they also are in charge of the partner's card. So it, the partner's card gives back to the abused women and children to get them out of their situation. So mm-hmm. that's a cause that's very close to us. And I actually sit on their board now. Nice. And um, I, I, I can't do enough for them um, because it makes me feel like I'm still part of my grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, my father, when he was going through some t- times and he needed to get outside of himself, <coughs> found himself volunteering at the Scottish Rite Hospital for children. And he would go down there and do whatever they ask. If you wanted him to mop the floor, he'd mop the floor. Mm-hmm. He would hang out. He would read stories. Just do whatever they want. Um, that's part of the volunteerism down there. But he fell in love with it. And so when we moved over here in 93, and we know we wanted to get do something big for Christmas time, we set up a book and toy drive. And um, that has since that's what 26 years now that we've been doing it and it just gets bigger and bigger every year so when you come in for christmas you see our pool table it's filled with books and toys and handmade items for the kids that we deliver on christmas and then they're given throughout the year um another one that we do is uh our first employee was named as bill hunt and quite honestly our store wouldn't be our store without his name he was a high school junior at that time, and he was one of these kids that was not only an all-American kid, he was class president of Garland four years in a row, student body president four years in a row. Um, he was most well-liked, most likely to succeed. I mean, everybody knew of him. One of the interesting things is one of the, some of the programs he put in place back in 64 and 65 are still working today. He started a recycle back then think about that (laughs) I mean I didn't even know the term existed back then and he started so he was just an amazing person so 29 years ago um, he passed away at an early age and uh, my dad in the class of 64 started a scholarship in his name and so we give a scholarship every year to a a person who graduates that most exemplifies his life and it it could be male or female Mm -hmm. and that's that's one that really my dad and I just we love um, and so we give a $3,000 scholarship every year nice. um, it's, it's not much but every little bit 
counts towards oh, college. You're, you're a high school. You give it to a high school senior going to college, right? Yes, sir. I mean, no, 3000 is a big deal. Yeah, it, it is. A big deal. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you're going yeah, to and, and my, and my son, my son's going tuition. to college next year. So, yes, it yeah. is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, too bad he didn't go to Garland. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other part is, is that the community. Um, so, my family has been in Dallas for four generations. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make me a tall Texan, by the way. <laughs> one of these days I'll be a tall Texan <laughs> but uh, it, it's just it's an important aspect of who we are we live here we breathe here we breed here we do everything here and so we need to give back and we need to give back in bigger and bigger ways and that's why I'm always trying to develop a new networking group to meet more people um, to give back and I don't believe it's about networking it's about connecting individuals mm-hmm. and connecting businesses that's the most important part um, and then we'll get into another subject probably. I have a feeling you'll ask me, um, <laughs> but I'll save the last one. Yeah, I, I love what you just said because, you know, a lot of people look at networking as purely as a function of, you know, we work in New York, so it's very, you know, it's Perfect. New York, yeah. right? So networking is how do I build my network so that I can build my business and make more money? Um, They're looking at it in the wrong way. Yeah, and I think the way you're looking at it is something kind of how we operate is, you know, just when you operate in an ecosystem, you know, you get and you give and there's no math to that. It's just, you just do it, right? So you're very much a maven of your community. I forget, what, what book is that that talks about that? Um, oh, uh, is it a Malcolm Gladwell? I don't yes. remember. Probably, One right? Of, yeah. The guy talks about, like, the various personality types and yeah. of people who are connectors and Mavens are the guys who are just like, they know everybody yes, and they're going to connect yes. everybody. It's like, oh, you're in this business? Let me uh, connect you to my cousin's uh, yeah. second cousin <laughs> and uh, you guys might have something to talk about. Yeah. So um, that's awesome that you do that. Um, yeah, the first thing I do when I meet a young individual that's getting ready to graduate college and they're looking for prospects and I feel that sixth sense in me that this is a good person that feels like he can make a difference. I say, jump on my LinkedIn look around and let me know who I can introduce you to. Mm-hmm. I think that's the easiest way in the modern world. You're right. Super helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, to get back to why we're here today, you know, this is store number one. Uh, you know, you know, honestly, we've, we've done a couple other partner stores, but they weren't um, as focused as we wanted them to be. So this is why we're looking at this, uh, and those were kind of like fr- friendly relationships, but this is the first one where we're like, all right, we're doing a multi-brand rollout over time, uh, and this is kind of what we believe is gonna be the wave of the future uh, for customization and retail. So tell me like when, when we reached out to you and we said we wanna come visit and tell you about this crazy thing in customization, and we have all these custom brands, like what went through your head why did you say, yeah, come on in? And ultimately, why did you say, um, I'm going to ignore my accountant and go ahead and have you guys come in <laughs> and we're going to do this? Like, what, what got you excited and kind of like... Well, number, number one, I think organically, I have already been asking the universe and looking at the universe to say, how do I grow, continue my growth strategy in my business? And I'm willing to do it in multitude of different ways other than selling another suit. Mm -hmm. because here's the second part that ties into that 
no pun intended, <laughs> I, I want to create an experience for my clients. I want them to always say, man, he did it again. He just he added something to the store that was just a flavor. And I don't know what it was, but I love it again. And I want to be back. And I want to send new friends. And I want to send new colleagues. And I want to send my enemies and make them like me. <laughs> this, is, this is wonderful. Yeah. So so that's part two. I think the the accountant part is... That's a funny part of the story. You have to elaborate on that. <laughs> Just because someone is looks at math, and which is important. I believe in math. I believe in statistics. I believe in numbers and analytics because I, I love looking at them. But when it comes to numbers and people, I'm going to always choose people. And this is it. And my sixth sense and my guts told me this is more about people and giving my clients the best. And you guys are representing yourself honestly and... Um, Transparently, which I enjoyed. Thank I like you. It. I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we we just showed up and told you what we do, so there was there wasn't much more to it. Um, so you know, we talked about some of the products that you're rolling out. So the first product, and one thing we love that you did is said, "I'm going to roll these out. You know, I'm going to phase them out one brand at a time." Right? I mean, we'd love for somebody to say, "Hey, ten brands, let's go do it all," but um, you're going to create a new experience every month so your customers consistently have something to get excited and come back about. And that's really, really smart. Well, it also gives me the opportunity, hopefully, for other stores to do the same when you guys build because just because we're launching Olifactory today doesn't mean that all the kinks are out. It's going to take me a couple weeks. Yeah. And if I had 10 brands, then I would right. not be balanced. I would rather be strong in one, grow it, understand it and then move on to the next subject yep and also i now i know who i can pass it on to for them to be strong with it as well absolutely right each of us are going to have a specialty and i think the brands that you're going to be rolling out over the next few months are you know olfactory custom fragrance today um martinero watches next month um samba different, samba different custom knitwear the mm-hmm. month after that i believe august you have a roll a different rollout so we're going to take a one-month hiatus from rolling out one of our brands. What is that brand, by the way? Um, Can you say? That's the belt company. Oh, very cool. The Ken's Manshot okay. Private Label Belts. Nice. Uh, and we did see them, and they're beautiful. So you guys should definitely come check that out. And then after that, I think it's uh, St. Lee, mm-hmm. the Weekenders. Very exciting. And then I don't know what the order is, but possibly the shoes is up for discussion. It is up for discussion. Uh, Absolutely up for discussion. And then the gloves. Especially since the changeover. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we're excited. And you know what's funny is, you know, everyone always thinks, oh, you get your gloves in in October, you sell them in November. Mm. If you lived in Dallas long enough, you understand that it's still 70, 60 degrees and you don't need gloves. When you need gloves in Dallas, it's January. Mm -hmm. And that's why we're rolling them out so late because that's really when you one pair of gloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it's cold in October, it's an anomaly. Right. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a good rollout strategy, so we're excited to do it. Um. Oh. Oh. I'm going to... Oh. I have, I have a question, actually. Okay. okay. Um, so, no, you know what? I'm, I'm going to hold off on it. Okay. I'm going to hold off on it. So I'll let Natalie go. I'm just going to spin it around. Tell us about martial arts, Corey. <laughs> I knew this was Go. coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
You know, I, I would love to say I've been dabbling, but it, it would be a lie to say I've been dabbling. Um, I am full-fledged in uh, to my martial arts and to the martial arts belief of the way it transforms a person's mind, body, and spirit. And it puts them all in line together. Mm-hmm. It gives you a, an amazing foundation. Um, my background with it, I, I've had martial arts experience before, but when I dealt, dived deep into it, um, I was a recent divorcee with two young children um, in pre-K and kindergarten, and I was a single dad with them under my roof. And with, I'm not a large physical man, um, just you know, five six on a good day, and 155 pounds on a good day. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a football player, and my boys, more than likely, were not going to be as well. Um, but I needed to give them structure and discipline, and so I found this uh, mm-hmm. studio that I went to, and I took them there, and I watched them, and the uh, the sensei there at the time said, "Hey, you know, you're very interested. You're always showing up with your boys. Why don't you kind of be my assistant?" So I was his assistant. Oh, so your boys were going oh, first. Oh, yeah, I didn't realize that. Oh, wow, okay. My boys were going first, and um, oh. they were, um, and I was just, you know, putting on the gi and right. a white obi. And a couple of years passed by, and this guy shows up one day, and the sensei's not there, and and we kind of talk, and he realizes that I'm the guy that's been basically teaching the classes and for the last year while the sensei's kind of moved around. Huh. And... Um, he, and it's a belt test time, so he gives all the kids promotions, and he turns to me and takes off my white belt, puts on a yellow belt, and oh. says, um, you need to come talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that started a very long-term friendship, and that man just had his first child yesterday. Oh, nice. Yesterday. Oh, really? Wow. So congratulations to uh, Professor Nick Chamberlain. Um, I'm I was very happy to hold. I'll show you a picture. I'm very happy to hold his daughter. Oh, very That's cool. And, um, so I am um, one of his senseis now. So I'm a teacher over at Mockingbird Elementary. I have about, on a, any semester, anywhere between 55 and 70 students on a Wednesday. That's my day off, and I teach students karate. And I teach them about discipline, and I give back to my community. And uh, at nighttime, I teach adults. And on the weekends, we teach uh, women's self-defense courses. Nice. And it's, it's a way of life. It's, I, I, I can never give back enough that they gave to me. Wow. That's awesome. I, did, I actually had no idea it started from me your kids. Either. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. actually thought it was going the other way around. And yeah. they're still into it? Uh, my youngest son ended up getting his junior black belt. And then he went into high school, uh, when he was in high school, and then he went into deep high school and got crazy with band. And you know, if, you, if anyone out there knows about band, oh, yeah. you spend a lot of time in band. Mm-hmm. My other son, uh, my older one, who's going to be in college next year, at age 14, by uh, 13, he looked at me and said, you know, Dad, it's just not for me, mm-hmm. and um, I want to do something different. And I said, respect, yep. But you have to do a sport. You cannot do home and read your books all day. You have to do a sport and be active. So um, 
and it was funny I had I never told him what I did in college so I was a long distance bike rider in college mm. and that was the sport that he chose huh and, really and he still does and it. That, that just was and he still does it to this day wow it's yeah. in the genes I know I was gonna say it's just it's crazy the way things happen yeah the apple doesn't fall far from the tree <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> wow all right well that that was that took a spin I didn't expect um well, we're going to play a game. Okay. And a lot of people know this game. We just started doing it recently, but hot or not. <laughs> so we're just going to throw out a one-word or two-word topic. You're going to tell us if you think it's hot on the upward or if it's not, meaning you're kind of not for it or you think it's going away or whatever it may be. I'm glad we're not drinking beer. We're not? Oh, <laughs> uh, otherwise, we are drinking. Well, uh, no, uh, no, but otherwise we would be like drinking one, quickly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We gotta make sure everybody. Yeah, okay, in. cheers. We're in. All right, hot or not? Hot or not? Okay. I'm gonna save that one for last. If it's gonna get okay. me, if it's gonna get me in trouble, then I, I may <laughs> decline. <laughs> we always say we can edit things out. We never do. Okay. <laughs> Department stores. Not. <laughs> Wait, did I say it loud enough? Not. <laughs> what do you think? Give me a couple sentences. I think they're right now they don't have the right leadership um, steering their courses anymore. I think they're all owned by um, venture capital and they're about the dollar and they're not about the consumer. So they're not sh putting the right product on the floor anymore. Okay. And that's not everyone because not all of them are owned that way. And there are some, there are a couple of amazing ones and the best one out there and i have to say it out loud i was going to ask you this question is not in america oh, oh I, I have a feeling i know who you think but i'm not going to ask you to throw anybody under the bus but tell me who you think's doing it right so you can who i think's doing it right is in canada it's harry rosen harry rosen oh, hands down it's a great it's a great hands one. down okay him and his family are doing an amazing I job i thought you were going to say selfridges because of our conversation earlier i love selfridges but remember i don't think they're still owned by the same family okay okay Next one? Yeah. Uh, all right. What about social media advertising? Hot. What do you Had like a about feeling? Um, what I like about it is the visual. What I don't like about it is the buy-in um, that you get the, you can buy people. Uh, if you look at our Instagram, you'll find that we're, what, 12, 1,300 strong on Instagram or 1,200 or 2,200 on Facebook. Mm -hmm. We don't have those blown up numbers. And I'm glad, and I'm proud of that. I believe in organic growth. Um, I th believe in quality, and I'm going to stick to that. Mm. And when you look at what we put out there, our content, it's true, it's real, and it's it's not edgy. It's just us, yeah. and it may be a little goofy. So I'm not going to apologize for goofiness. I hear you. Yeah, we're not afraid to go to goofy. We do we do often. Yeah, you missed it before you walked in. I tripped over my two feet and went. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone Darn. else in the store didn't even help me up. <laughs> Corey so much for martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> At least I know how to roll. There you go. Uh, all right. I'll go casual Fridays. Um, not. Okay. Um, and I'm going to say that because I, I give speeches and I give seminars. And the first thing uh, a CEO, a marketing manager, or anyone look at me and they say, I want you to tell us how do we dress for our casual business. 
And I look back at that person and I say, well, if you take the casual out of your business, you'll be more profitable. Huh. Interesting. Okay. So what I term it is, why don't you do a power business day or a power casual day? Change the vernacular, change the mindset, get off the flip-flops. Get off the flip-flops and the tank tops and put back on something that looks and stylizes the brand's name that you built up. Wait, who's going tank tops and sneakers and <laughs> flip-flops on casual You should go to some of these IT departments downtown. Anyway, um, uh, and I, I can't tell you who, but a client <laughs> once said, star-studded. Um, <laughs> ding, ding. Client once said, it takes a lifetime to build your reputation, and it takes mere minutes to destroy it. And I think a lot of the businesses now are doing it wrong by doing, they're not um, putting the correct vernacular out there, the rules of do's, do rights and do wrongs. Mm. I'll, I'll add on to that. Um, I mean, you know, I grew up in California where dot-com, Silicon Valley, right? But I've worked in New York uh, and even on Wall Street for a long time. And those two industries chase each other. So when one industry gets more lax, or when one industry is performing, the other one has to get more lax to play catch up. So like when the dot-com boom was happening, Wall Street all of a sudden said, you know what, guys, you don't have to wear suits anymore. Just come in ca business casual. And then all of a sudden when dot-com bust happened, Wall Street went right back to suits. So, I mean, should they have, should they not have? I mean, they're doing it to play catch up, not because it helps their actual business. Mm -hmm. That's to your point, not the right way to do it. No, but they did that, and that was the, the term. They did. That's past tense now. Mm. We're talking 10 years ago when the recession was happening. Yeah. Now talk modern times. Wall Street's now wearing uh, sport coats and slacks or five-pocket trousers, five-pocket wool trousers and sport coats, open-collared shirts, mm -hmm. and they've lost a tie, but they're putting a killer pocket square on there. Yeah. So they are dressing the part, but they're just dressing in different ways. Yeah, that's true. But I think, I think they're a little bit closer than they used to be. Well, I have to ask mine. It's a little bit of a spin-off, but what about the work sneaker? Hot. Has yeah. to be. Has to be. But it has to be the right look for the right style. Right. Um, you can't all of a sudden be wearing pleated pants and a three-button <laughs> suit with a center <laughs> vent and show up with, you know, athletic shoes and say, hey, I'm the thing. Um, you have to do it right. So a little bit counter to the casual Friday stance, but it, I see where you're taking a position. You're saying, like, some people are taking it too far, and it's counter to the business. Yeah, yeah. It, it has to, it's the whole look. Yeah. I, I love the people that come in here and say, I don't want a shirt. I want an outfit. Yeah. And that's my goal, to give them the idea of the outfit. Mm -hmm. So the next one, I mean, you kind of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to merge my next two. Um, Customization as a whole, I have a feeling I know where you rely on that. But then within that, just monogramming. Do you think monogramming is exciting? But I'll let you answer customization first and then monogramming. Customization is hot. Um, I'm going to go neutral on monogramming because any guy that does our custom shirts, they actually are doing it, but they're doing it with, and what I, I think it's beautiful, so they're doing a blue shirt and they'll do a light blue monogram. So it's more about them and just their personal style and not about being gaudy anymore. Right. It's not about the Michael Douglas, you know, Wall Street. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. All right. I think this is the last one we have. 
This is always a polarizing one. Influencers. It's, it, it's tough because you get the right influencer and it can change your world. Um, and now I'm going to, like we said earlier, we may go off on a tangent or I may yeah. go off mm-hmm. on a tangent. So here I go. <laughs> we'll follow. Uh, and I think, I, and I told you this, guys, off air but not off record. Our store is built on many unsaid rules, um, and they're still present today. So it's not a Ken's era, Kent, my father era, Corey era, the son era. It's just the Ken's man shop as a whole. Mm-hmm. We treat everyone the same. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company or you're the quarterback of a really famous team. When you walk in here, we're going to treat you like you're in your home. You're coming into a home and just enjoy it. Enjoy the experience and get to know us and we'll get to know you and we'll be able to serve you. But we're not going to put your name out there. The same thing is with influencers. If we get influenced by someone, that can change for the better, but sometimes the worse. Because back to that um, story about um, building up a reputation. If you think that this influencer has all the influence and you decide to go all in, and then all of a sudden you're finding out that the guy is having a prostitution problem on the weekend (laughs) and has a drug problem during the week, and then he's in jail, and your name was all with it, what did you just do? Right. Yep. So that's a problem. That's one. I think the other, the other side of it, I think there are influencers out there that really care. Mm-hmm. They really come from good backgrounds, and they do want to do the right thing. And they're not influenced by the money and how much I'm going to get paid by the Instagram post. Um, they're hard to find. So it's like finding the right employee. You don't know if you're getting loyalty or not. True. So on this one, I'm going to have to go neutral. Go neutral. Hot and not in there. Yeah. I like it. So that's all we have for hot and not. But, you know, um, we're excited to launch tomorrow. We are. We're launching tomorrow. You guys will be here. Well, you'll be in the area from 10 to 4. But then... The Preston Royal Village is actually open. We do a first Friday event every Friday, um, the first Friday of the month. And all the stores will stay open until 7 o'clock. And we all have specials going on. Um, some drinks going on, stories going on. And uh, we'll have live music outside, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's performing tomorrow. And it, it's going to be a fun event. And obviously if people can't catch us tomorrow or today by the time people maybe hear this, uh, first Friday of, is it summer months or first Friday of every month? First Friday of every month. First Friday of every month, Preston Royal in Dallas. Um, come check out Ken's Man's Shop and see what they're doing and say hello to Corey. So before we leave off here, what else would you like to see from Consortium, whether it be a brand or a different approach uh, or just if you said, I would love if these guys did this, what would it be? Well, back to that coin term, micro-custom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think the f- I think we're oversaturated in this clothing market, the suit market, and the leather market with custom, 
uh, clothing, the dress shirt market. That's something sure. you, yeah. you guys just don't need to hit that. No. I Which think, is why we've stayed away from it. Exactly. I think you need to continue to just be specialized. And um, I think as we grow together, we're going to find those unique ways to be unique to our clients and give them great experiences. Mm-hmm. I can't give it away my ideas yet. But <laughs> <laughs> let's make sure we sent, uh, you know, meant this relationship in the right way and uh, we'll grow. I love it. And I thank you again. All right. Perfect. Well, Corey, thank you. Thank you. Natalie, thank you. Thank you, Sam. Uh, one more cheers to our launch yes. tomorrow, and we are off. I just got a drop off. All right. <laughs> Perfect. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thank you.